0: Tactical Sports Takes, inbound.
1: Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious.
0: Five-tool commentator. He's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs>
1: broadcasting. It's, it's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely.
0: hello everyone welcome to the owen ely show i'm your host owen ely you can follow me on twitter at owen ely mn you also can follow north star sports on twitter at north star m-i-n be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media and welcome to the show everyone we've got a great one for you today here on this wednesday january 26th and we have a very special guest on today's program you know him you love him he's the pride of st croix falls wisconsin by way of hudson wisconsin uh, as as of uh recent times it's the uh, hound dog reagan hooverman reagan how's it going buddy it's great to be back and quick
1: programming note i think this is the first time we've actually done a show in the time period where we agreed we're going to do our next one so we're kind of on schedule here and things are things are going good
0: yeah i was going to say it's it was like a year in between the, the two shows before this but now now we're really cooking with oil here Absolutely. And
1: I'm excited to get into this. We've got so much, maybe the best weekend of divisional football of all time, which I saw a lot of people saying. So a lot of great stuff to unpack here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hard to argue when every single game goes down to the wire that it's not the, uh, that it's not better than super wildcard weekend, which is always hard to beat because I mean, you got uh, the MVP, you got so much going on. Uh, very, very fun, uh, time in sports more so for me, not, not so, not so much for you, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in, uh, in a moment, um, quick little, uh, housekeeping thing. I messed up on the, uh, on the Twitter account. I forgot. I changed it. It is no longer North M I N it is N S S underscore M N. So don't go to North star M I N. I probably shouldn't keep saying North star M I N cause you don't want to go there.
1: Yeah. Probably.
0: Don't go there, go to NSS underscore M N uh, or you can follow Reagan Hooverman at uh, sports fan Hoof. That's right. probably get a lot of country and, uh, and uh, Green Bay Packers takes. If you want, if you want takes you right here, hot takes just flying in all over your Twitter feed. And you're you're bound to get uh, probably I would estimate uh, a thousand new followers by that that plug. I mean we're basically uh, we're basically like Joe Rogan. You come on here and your this is basically made. yeah. This is a launching pad. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> this will launch your career. That's, that's right. You'll, be, you'll Where be do you start? In no time. That's right. Uh, well, I mean, let's not bury the, the lead here. If there's anything that uh, Dr. Ellis has ever, ever told me it's, you don't want to bury the lead. I mean, uh, or, or the, the Latvian legend, uh, oh, strominus. yeah. Yeah. The straw man. I, I love <laughs> that guy. I miss that guy so much. Great guy. Oh, awesome. Awesome guy. Um, but let's start with uh, the the Packers. I mean, no need to, to bury the lead. Obviously, you're a, a Green Bay Packers fan, and you specifically requested this show. I cleared my uh, schedule. I had to cancel a lot of business meetings and things like that. But uh, no, I mean, what do you what do you got to say about the uh, the Packers after their devastating? It, it, like, I can't even. that's oh, it understating is It devastating 13 to 10 loss at Lambeau Field against the uh, the vaunted. San Francisco 49ers.
1: Well, I'd like to start it. I think we should separate. Obviously, the two are intertwined, but I think we should do game coverage comments and then space it out and then go to postseason and where do we go from here and and stuff like that. In terms of the actual game itself, I mean, I think you and everyone else in America and worldwide listening to this podcast, it, it is a launching pad. Um, I think everyone would agree that that after that first Green Bay drive, I bet you the, the live betting line changed to Green Bay minus 30. I mean, like, the, the first, they march down the field. It's Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. They've got motion going. I mean, just Aaron's hitting, he's firing on all cylinders. They march down the field, um, and they cap it off with a touchdown. It's 7 nothing Packers. A.J. Dillon looks like, you know, prime Walter Payton for a second. And you think, all right, here we go, Green Bay by 30. They kick it off, whatever. 49ers get the ball back. It's a three and out. The third down play, sacked by Zadarius Smith. The crowd's going crazy. He's doing his signature crawl celebration. And we get the ball back. Mercedes, the offense looks fine. They dump it down to veteran Mercedes Lewis, and he fumbles. The 49ers recover. And that kind of flipped the switch for, for both Green Bay and San Francisco. After that, I think the Packers ran, like, the next – Fifteen plays for twenty-five yards or something. I mean, just ridiculously bad. So that that fumble was a big deal. And I, I, what I guess, what did you think of that first sequence for for Green Bay and San Francisco?
0: Oh, I, I agree. I thought it was going to be a blowout. And when they were driving on that that drive that was ultimately ended by the was that after the Aaron Jones catch or was that that was later in the well, game, wasn't it? The Aaron Jones catch was right before the half. Yeah, that's right. And then the, yeah, missed field goal. Um, I remember thinking. I remember thinking that um, it's over like 49ers are not a team that is built to come back. Certainly. I mean, very early in the game, but you know, you go down by two possessions on the road uh, with Jimmy G like it's over. You're not, you're not coming back. All you, all you would have to do at that point is just sell out to stop the run, stop Debo. And it's, it's an easy, it's an easy win. And I, I remember, I think Aikman Aikman was on the the call, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, that was Aikman game.
0: Yeah. I remember, I remember Aikman saying a couple of times, like, boy, it just looks like the Niners are ready to go back on a warm flight home. Like they, they really, he kept mentioning how they looked like really, like they really didn't want to be there. And, you know, all, all throughout the game, I mean, it, it really still felt like the Packers were were kind of just going to pull through even, even though, I mean, the offense is just absolutely fluttering Uh, you know, after that, that first drive but you know you, you mess around a little bit too much and don't go for the the kill and uh, you know came back to came back to bite them
1: and I, I would say i mean there were there were so many instances where in this game where points were to say points were coming at a premium would still be an understatement to me i mean the the total game there's 23 points scored i mean that's ridiculously low but the way i look at it as if mercedes lewis doesn't fumble you're getting three points probably. I mean, I know there's a special teams gaff on, on the field goal unit later that half, but you're probably getting three points. If you score a touchdown, which it they were on track to do, I mean that people forget that second drive. It, it wasn't only the first drive that had success. They were moving the ball fairly easily on that second drive up until the Lewis fumble. If they, if they, if he doesn't fumble, I believe they march down, they scored touchdown, the game's over. If he doesn't fumble, they get 10 more yards, they kick a field goal, I think the game's over. I mean, just with the way that the game was going, especially with – and we can get into this later – the Green Bay defense, if you get 10 points in the first half, it probably wins you the game. I mean, it, that it, the points were coming at that much of a premium, and that's not even counting the field goal at the end of the, the first half that got blocked, and which actually should have been returned for a touchdown if it wasn't for a great play by – sounds – you know, stupid to say, but it was a great play by the after the block happened to make a tackle and make sure they didn't give get a touchdown on that that sequence. But man, I really believe if you get ten points in the first half, you win that ball game. And you had ample opportunities and you couldn't do it, whether it be Aaron Rodgers getting colder and colder throughout that first half, or, or special teams, or whatever it was. But man, I just missed opportunities in that first half, to say the least.
0: I, I think that performance really. Um, you know, obviously it seems like teams are taking their time looking for head coaches and I don't don't want to take this too far away from the game, the the game itself, uh, especially on, on a talking point like, like this, but I think it really solidifies, I guess it just speaks to how great of a defensive coordinator, uh, D'Amico Ryans is. I think that guy, I think that was a head coach winning performance by him because you look at the offense. I still don't know how they won. You had Jimmy Garoppolo, a 57 passer rating, 131 yards. He threw the ball 19 times. Elijah Mitchell, 3.1 yards per carry. Debo Samuel didn't do anything crazy. They barely used use check. Trent Williams was getting a lot of penalties. And, you know, it's it's a regular game when Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. I mean, that's a regular occurrence. But right. um, I forget when it was, somewhere in, 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 the, in the middle two quarters, where Jimmy throws a great ball right down the middle to George Kittle, and he yes. drops it. And you're like, it is just not going San Francisco's way. Like, this is – I mean, right. George Kittle's dropping that, like – this is the one. This is the one play that you you know, you expect every play to be bad. So when he gives you a good one, you really got to capitalize. And that that defense is very very legit. And offensively, I don't know how they did it. Obviously, their only touchdown of the game came off of uh, you know a, a Marwin Magoof, as uh, us us local people would would say. But uh, dude, just the- absolutely absolutely brutal performance. And the thing about that 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 Kittle play I mean
1: it was a classic chance for Troy Aikman to break out one of his iconic lines if he catches that ball he hits his head on the goalpost. you know saying it's going to be a touchdown or whatever which I've heard Aikman break out a thousand times in the last 10 years but it was true I mean the on the replay it shows not to get two x's and o's here but I mean it's it's literally a post route over the middle and it's it's two safeties one on each side of the field he splits it right to the middle and it's going to be a touchdown and if, and if he scores there then that then we're off and running with a completely different game. But that drop was huge. That sucked for Jimmy. But, man, give credit to Green Bay's defense. That is I'm, – I'm dead serious when I say this. That is the best I've seen a Green Bay defense play since the Super Bowl run. I, I can't think of a better game. They give up no offensive touchdowns in a playoff game, and they lose. The front seven was absolutely getting after it. Rashawn Gary, I, I demand an apology for this. I got killed on draft night for saying he was going to be a good player on draft night when I called into the WRFW show, Rashawn Gary from Michigan, that dude, no way. And now he's, I believe he was top five in the league in pressures this year. I mean, absolutely doing it on a huge stage in the divisional round. how, How did that work out for the Packers? Dude, there, there is not a person in the world who wouldn't sign up for a defensive performance like that. Not just from Gary, but the whole defense, you give up no touchdowns. Obviously you don't want to lose the game, but man, that defensive perform, you, you just don't get them like that, and for, for them to waste it, and specifically for Aaron Rodgers to waste it, is is honestly a shame. And I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but that sequence at the end of the first half with the the pass to Aaron Jones, where it was it was vintage Aaron Rodgers. You know, the line is collapsing, the the edge rushers are getting way deep. He steps up in the pocket, flicks one down the field. And uh, obviously a great play by Aaron Jones. The only thing is you got to get out of bounds there. Well, what was there, 20 seconds left. We have one timeout, and he doesn't get out of bounds. So we have to we have to fry the timeout and end up getting sacked and whatever. So kind of a boneheaded play there. But honestly, if, if Aaron hits him in stride, like Aaron Jones had to adjust for the ball, had to turn. If Aaron hits him in stride, it's a touchdown. I mean, it, it's a nice play, but you got to hit him right on the money so he can score on that play
0: yeah well you know if ifs and buts were candies and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas but uh it, it's it i honestly got secondhand embarrassment from watching the the packers uh that's, to have that amount of talent and to just fold like that i mean you know how, how they always say you got to win two of the three phases to win a game well you certainly lost special teams I would argue they lost offense because when it mattered the most the the Niners actually you know stumbled through a drive and then you probably tied on defense I mean both defenses were good but at a minimum you lose two out of three and it's just it's it's so wild how Rodgers can be such a great quarterback he can have such a great season he's so good in cold weather he's so good at Lambeau and then you just shit the bed like that like that that Truly, is wild to me how you have some of those pieces, and you you can't figure out a way to win. Like whether it's whether it's we we run it fifty times a game, whether it's we just throw twenty screens to Devontae. I mean, like the the fact they couldn't overcome that. I mean, that's you know I talked about how that's a a head coach winning performance by D'Amico Ryan's. That's a fucking head coach losing performance from uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I would not hire that bozo for anything. Well, the Vikings are certainly looking at him. I know that, and that would
1: be terrible. <laughs> and we Darvish. can get into that later, but here's the thing. I was shocked. I, I'll full disclosure in the past. I've been an Aaron Rodgers defender pretty much always because historically, I believe the is his defense and in, uh, going into the 49ers game, his, the Packers defense gives up 35 a game in the playoffs when aaron is starting which is just historically terrible but man in this game i saw people defending aaron Rodgers after the game like did we watch the same game he was terrible the whole night i the, yeah the first drive okay he makes what four decent passes and then aj Dillon caps it off with a touchdown do not bail this out like you said the ifs and buts things but but man if he hits Aaron Jones in stride on the, on the play at the end of the first half, it's a touchdown. The field goal never gets blocked. I mean, that the, we, it's fast-forwarding too far ahead, but, I mean, basically the last Green Bay possession of the game, he throws an absolute Brett Favre ball. I mean, in, straight into double coverage, not even close to open, as Alan Lazard is running a post over the middle of the field wide open. I mean, not, there's no 49er within 15 yards. And if he hits that, it's game over Green Bay. And just, he made bad throw after bad throw. I know there was the drop over the middle. I think it was DeGuara, which would have been like a 25-yard play. It was just basically the same play as the Kittle play. And that was a good ball. But, man, just behind Devontae Adams, he, he just, I saw this on Packers Twitter. Aaron Rodgers spent the whole offseason crying about Randall Cobb having to come back. One target. One target. Didn't even go to his guy that he was begging the front office for not, what was it? Ninety percent of the targets went to Adams and and Jones, which is fine. But when Devontae's double covered, look elsewhere. I mean, stop forcing the football. Find someone that's open and run the offense. It it turned into Aaron Rodgers hero ball, and that never works. He's not the f- damn athlete that he used to be. I, I just he was bad. The throws weren't good, and and I see people defending him, and to me that's just outrageous. You. Our MVP scores 10 points in a playoff game yep. and,
0: and, and he's getting defended. What are, what are these people on? And that that's, that's um, another point too. Uh, if, if your star player comes to you with roster advice, you just go, uh, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the input. And then slam the door. Don't ever, do that, yeah, that never, that never works out. Literally never works out. Ask KG, ask fucking LaFraud, all the teams he's destroyed through his roster moves. I mean, it in any sport that never, yeah, right. In any sport, it, it never, it never works out. Um, You know, a lot, most NFL games are are like this where you could, you know, we're, we're, we're cherry picking plays that if it would have gone a different way, the game would have been different. And that's largely true for most games. But it seemed, but but this game, we we saw another game in the divisional series, um, with, with the uh, and, and we'll get to this a little bit later. But with the the Buccaneers, where it, there are some games that are so close where it's literally one play, and the and the game is completely different. Where like with the um with the Patriots coming back in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, you go back and rewatch that. If they just ran the ball one time in the second half with devonta freeman they close that out look at look at how one play derailed the tom brady comeback against uh uh fuck who did they just play uh rams against the rams look at how one play derails that all of that great work to come back and with the packers if if aaron jones catches that in stride if if Deguara catches that, I think that puts you pretty close in field goal. Range. It, was, it would have been, if it would have, it would have been 49er territory. Yeah. If you don't fumble the ball, if you make the field goal, if you don't, the, the, it, big, the biggest one for me, even bigger than the Aaron Jones one, is the special teams goof. You gave them seven points. Oh, that was oh, like, if that see? doesn't happen, if they, if they literally just get off a clean punt, they win the game. There's no way that offense drives right. down. And even right. if they do that kills so much time. Yes
1: and here's the thing did that speaking about the blocked punt play, did you see the I don't know who it was I didn't even want to go back and look to see who it was. the dude literally got forklifted off the line of scrimmage like he w- he was in the air moving backwards as, as the guy ran past him. I, like I have never seen an NFL player get worked that badly on a play of that magnitude and like you said, if they get that punt off they win that ball game. Mm-hmm. the Green Bay defense was pitching a shutout.
0: they had they had their long snapper uh, on a double team or like the defense and it it was two players on the long snapper. Like there's, we've seen some terrible special play uh, special teams play, especially, you know, going to river falls where um, like sometimes, and I'm not a special teams expert and most people, most people aren't, but sometimes uh, what do you call that? It's just a blocker that you'll have off the line of scrimmage. Some sometimes you can be like, oh, okay, like he was out of position or something. Like, um it, it doesn't take a genius to know that uh when when uh they push right through the middle of your long snapper and it gets blocked with that much ease that like holy shit, like that is a catastrophic error. That is not a game of inches, that's a game of miles at that point. I mean, that's beyond embarrassing. Like you just you just take it for for granted. And here's my favorite part was that. Obviously, now we're on a
1: bigger stage, especially with the divisional round, and it's it's a Saturday night game, so most of the country is watching. My favorite thing is going on social media and people being like, "What's going on with the Green Bay special teams?" It's like it's that meme where the dude's ready to get executed, and it's like first time we watched it the whole season. They were terrible the whole they they were who they for were. Years. Oh oh, it's been ten years of garbage. But here, I, just speaking for for this team specifically. They have been a liability the whole year game that stands out to me, go back to that. I think it was a, was it on the road or at home against Chicago, whatever game it was, the bears started every possession in green Bay territory. Cause we couldn't, we couldn't make a damn tackle on the kickoff return. Like was, punts were getting blocked. Field goals were shanked. Shit was getting blocked. Like man, just everything that could go wrong did go wrong, but, but it, it it wasn't that things went bad. It was that people had the audacity to be surprised when they went terribly. We were ranked 32nd in special teams the whole damn year. What are you surprised about?
0: So I, I have a question for you where you yeah. you obviously picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl. You were a big believer. I was a little more cautious on on the Packers. I picked them to lose in the champion NFC championship game. Um obviously hindsight's twenty twenty and this is a terrible performance that really uh it's a bias causing performance when I ask you this question, but I really, I really want to know if, if, if you think this would have made a different difference. And you and I talked about or you made the point on, on the last show where, you know, if you want to win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, building on building on the rule, not the exception, you need a first round buy. and we saw two number one seeds okay. to lose in their first game. Do you think if the Packers would have been a two seed that this game would have been different, assuming this matchup would have been the, the same seeding-wise?
1: No, no, it doesn't change. I don't think it changes. I mean, Green Bay would have had to play the week before, and I think that would have been even worse because then Bakhtiari certainly doesn't play, and, and you probably, you know, there's always injuries in the wild card round. Maybe it's not a star, but people are going to get banged up, go go to the Wharfs injury. I mean, that was huge. I mean, it, it likely cost Tampa Bay a win in the divisional round. So I don't think it changes anything. The bottom line for me is you have what they believed was the best quarterback in the league this year and Aaron Rodgers, who's going to win MVP. And he scored 10 points. I mean, I, the the thing for me is everyone is killing the special teams and don't get me wrong. They deserve to be crushed. You cannot give up 10 points in one in that aspect of the game and expect to win. But it, it didn't surprise me. It was frustrating, but it wasn't surprising to me. What really pissed me off was we have what, like I said, what people voted as the best quarterback in the league, and he scored ten points. And there's no excuse for that. I'm I'm done making excuses. Well, the O-line, how, how many damn teams have had O-line injuries? Aaron's not the only one who's going to have an excuse. Tom, it's an excuse for Tom Brady. I mean, but but you don't hit, hear him going, huh, man. We just Worf's wasn't there. And and the whole line is banged up. Everybody's banged up. I, I'm tired of this excuse that, well, we don't have our all pros deal with it. And, and if you're Aaron, you got to score more than 10 points. If you're Matt LaFleur, it, it seems like the only time he's good in the playoffs and this is not an anti-Matt rant. Okay. I like that, but it seems like the only time he's good in the playoffs is on script. You know what I mean? Those first 15 to 20 plays where you get to spend a week and a half dialing up all the, the, you know you come out and you get the easy stuff out of the way and it results in a touchdown seven nothing packers after that he didn't adjust one goddamn time we just got shut down the remaining two and a half quarters of the game and it hurt there were no adjustments you have you have i don't know you just so it, it, it's the 49ers here. adjusted better
0: yeah so it seems like we're diving more into, uh, more away from the game. I think we've said just about everything uh, about the game. Um, but this, the, you know, speaking more, more broadly about the Packers and <clears throat> the success that LaFleur Le- has had over the first three years, and, you know, we were, we were talking about how uh, you're either ascending or descending. You're, there's really no running it back. There's really no breaking through, not in the NFL, where there's so much parity and, and the ebbs and flows are, are generally so extreme. And I, I always kind of make this point and it's true and, and uh I guess some people might disagree. That's not to say that there aren't secondary goals or tertiary goals, but the primary goal every single year is to win a Super Bowl. So fundamentally, if you don't win the Super Bowl, there's there's one team above every other team, and all the other teams are in the same big boat. I mean, some some teams might be in a better situation than others, but like what's what's the difference between matt lafleur and mike zimmer you know where matt lafleur has all the success and i guess when i say him i guess i just mean the packers in in general but certainly he's the the leader of the ship where it's like okay you've won you won like 39 games or whatever in your first three seasons very cool what do you what do you have to show for it? this team's not going to get any better i'm sure you're for blowing it up which which you can respond with but it's like uh okay like yeah matt lafleur is he a good coach yeah i guess but is he any is he any different than like all the other coaches that that just lost like it really like and, and the answer he is you know is he's better,
1: but is he he may, he may not be as as much better as we thought i feel like that's kind of where you're going with that potentially i mean obviously he's a good coach i mean you don't if you have an mVP at quarterback or not 39 games in three years is, well, it's never been done before. I mean, Green Bay was the first team to do it, which is impressive. But in the playoffs, he's been – saying he's been a different coach is a little too harsh. But, I mean, the adjustments certainly have not been there. He's been – I don't think it's a stretch to say he's been out coached in the last several playoff games that he's been involved in.
0: Yeah, and uh, – sorry, I couldn't finish my thought because my headphones well, were fucking me up that badly. But – um <laughs> No, but but it really seems like uh, like team like uh, Packers fans will be like, well, you know, thirty nine games, this and that, and this and that, and it's like, okay, that's very cool. Now, uh, you know, re- remember that when the the Packers miss the playoffs the next two years, it's kind of like when people defend Mike Zimmer, where it's like, oh, you know, he brought you to the NFC Championship game. Okay, that's cool. You keep thinking about that every single year. We we uh, you know keep going down and down. Keep thinking about that time where he almost did something and and you know got stomped. And with with, with the Packers, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll get you started on this. I'm for blowing the entire team up because if that's your best effort during your best season, there's literally no hope. There's no hope. There's no running it back. There's no retooling. There's only a massive rebuild coming. That's the only proper way. I'm not saying that's necessarily what's going to happen because I'm not it running the happen. team. But if, if that's your best effort at home, everything sets up perfectly Perfectly for you. Yeah, every team has injuries. There's there's key injuries on every single every single team. That's that's not exclusive to the Packers. I'm sure that the Niners. Joey Bosa was dealing with a concussion. Uh, I mean, I guess he he played, but I mean his injuries fucking everywhere. They're dealing with the injury at quarterback. They got Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. I mean, that's the biggest fucking disadvantage you possibly could have in professional sports. (laughs)
1: Um.
0: So yeah, this is.
1: I'll put the disclaimer out there. So. Obviously, I'm a Packer fan, so whatever they decide to do, I'm going to support. So when in five months, when they inevitably do whatever their decision is, if they want to try and run it back, once they've gone that way, I'm going to cheer for them. So I mean, you're, a, you're a company man. I am a company man. I cheer for the Packers. I don't. Are cheer you a
0: Packers them. owner? I forget. Give me two oh, seconds. No. Give me two seconds. Oh my God! How much did that cost you? Uh, 335 <laughs> oh, God, that's a fucking scam anyways uh, that should be illegal that's that's got to be against some fe f or whatever the hell you call that regulations fcc no, uh, not fcc uh, <laughs>
1: uh, um, why can't i think of the uh organization
0: uh that's federal Trade the, commission
1: the UN, the u.n the u.n won't allow that yeah it's,
0: yeah. it's humanity yeah, the fucking Geneva um, Convention wouldn't allow that. There you go, the war
1: crimes. Um, <laughs> here's, here's what I would do. And I, I am in the mind, usually I'm in the majority of like what everyone, what the consensus is of what should happen. I am easily in the minority here. I stop, anyone that said Aaron should be traded, people are just getting called stupid all over social media. And like, I realize there's some bad, I don't think it's a bad take. I agree with it. And here's the thing. Do I love Aaron Rodgers? Yes. It, what, did he play like an MVP this year? Yes. But here's the thing. What, what, what is the cliche everyone always says? Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. How many times do we have to see this in the playoffs? I mean, obvi- okay, we win a championship in 2010 going into 11. Great. After that, 2012, fail. 2014, Seattle, fail. 2016 Atlanta blown out in the title game. 2000 what was it? 19 San Francisco. 20 Tampa Bay. 21 San Francisco. This was the best I'm serious. This was the best Packers roster that we've had in 10 years. And we can't get out of the divisional round. What if we run it back? First of all, we can't run it back. We've talked about the salary cap. Right now Packers are 44 and a half million over the salary cap going into next year, which is ridiculous. Jump change. You're not going to get Devondre, Devondre, Devondre Campbell back. He's going to get money. I saw Rasul said he it wouldn't take much money to get him back, but that dude got all pro votes. He's not going to be as cheap as he was this year. Devontae Adams isn't re-signed. There, you are signing up for a ton of money, and there's just no way to bring everyone back. So here's the thing. If Aaron continues to choke in the playoffs, which he essentially has for eight years, he's been bad in the playoffs. I mean, hasn't been able to get the job done. And if the roster is going to get worse, why is there any belief we can win a Super Bowl next year? He's going to be a year older. Everyone else is going to be a year older. Cobb's going to be gone. Zadarius is gone. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't get it done with this team. This This is a Super Bowl roster and you can't even get to the NFC title game, why in the hell would it be any different next year?
0: Objectively, you're going to get worse. And the, the trajectory, trajectory you're going to take is next year you're going to have a bad, disappointing playoff loss in the wild card. Or, honestly, I don't, I don't know if it's a guarantee the Packers make the playoffs next year. I mean, if Justin Fields, if they really build around him, that defense is still good. I mean, I don't know. The Vikings never can seem to, to rebuild, so maybe they – do something stupid and and destroy their uh, draft stock. So it's not really a guarantee. I know one way you can save uh, five million dollars and get better at the same time. You can cut Mason Crosby and actually get an NFL kicker for the first time. Um, but you know, I'm starting to and and you and I are not so different uh, when it comes to uh, the situation that we're in with our teams. I kind of liken the situation to like uh, a maze, where you can you can go down the left side of a maze and you can get so close that you can see the end of the maze from where you are you're just you're just uh, you know twenty feet away from the end of the maze, but there's a wall there you can't get through there, but you're so close, but there's a wall objectively you you can't reach it you're gonna have to go all the way to the back and go down the right path and and, and take the path that will will get you there so when it comes to when it comes to rebuilding, it's like if if like the Packers, the Packers can be good next year, and that's kind of a subjective term. But they're going to be worse. But it's like the Packers don't have to be bad next year. Uh, they don't have to be bad. Fa- fans oh, don't. True. Fans don't want a bad team. They don't have to be bad next year. They could probably be above 500. They could probably be above 500 for the next few years. But you just know that there is not only is there a ceiling above you. I mean, there's a fucking sky, a concrete skyscraper above you. You oh, know, it's like, concrete. Like it's concrete we, it's, it's, it's like not the, a
1: glass ceiling. it's not no, no, a glass
0: because you can shatter those. Um, but but and same with the Vikings, where it's like, um, you know, hey, we can make the playoffs, and anything can happen in the playoffs. No, it can't, but you could make the playoffs, but it's like but that, but you're not going to win a Super Bowl. The ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. So if you know that that objectively is the wrong way to do it, but you're going to have to take a few steps backwards and do a roundabout and, and come up another route. That's what you have to do, but nobody, people are so scared about job security, and there's no long-term rebuild. This isn't baseball. This isn't the NHL. You have a year, a year and a half, two years to do whatever. Matt Lafleur. I guarantee you, Matt Lafleur doesn't want to rebuild. Why would he? No. Why would he want to do that? Why would any player want to rebuild? And it's and it's like, I don't like. I, I guess I can understand it from a player's perspective because they, they probably don't look at it like that, but they're objectively wrong. Uh, you know, when you're in situations like the Vikings and Packers find themselves in. And, and here's the thing that this is just why I, I,
1: I don't, I don't agree that we need to be in a total rebuild because if you look at the roster, there's some really good young pieces, especially if you look at that defense, Rashawn Gary's really breaking out. Jair is literally an all pro Stokes had a really good year. I think he was one of the three best rookies this year on the defensive side of the ball. And There are some really bright spots on that Green Bay defense. And obviously, if if you can get Rasul back on a somewhat cheap deal, I'd do that. I mean, obviously, Campbell's not coming back and Zedarius is gone. But you still have good pass rush. Kenny Clark is still an animal on the interior. You've got some nice young pieces. It's going to be a good defense, objectively, just the players that you have. But here's the thing about the offense. Imagine what you can get for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know what your opinion is on this, because we, we we don't talk about this stuff before we start. Um, but Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs. There's a lot of teams out there there who believe that they're close and have a roster that, at the very minimum, can compete in the playoffs and potentially win a Super Bowl. If I'm Green Bay, I go to those teams and I say, listen, you can, you can have Rodgers and we're going to have to make the salaries work, but it's going to take several first-round picks and and I know every well that's a high price you're literally trading for an mvp stafford got two first round picks that was enough to get stafford rodgers at minimum is three three first rounders make the salaries work and here's the thing if you're green bay is jordan love better than aaron rodgers 99.9% chance no aaron's a first ballot hall of famer you don't they just don't grow on trees right but here's the thing he's play, he's playing on a rookie deal you have He is at the bottom of the barrel for salary cap, three first rounders. Maybe you draft another offensive lineman. You get your all pros back. You've already got weapons in the backfield with Aaron's salary cap, Suddenly you can afford to re-sign Devante on a, on a, on a nice deal. You can draft a wide receiver with one of those picks. There are so many ways to change this team up and make improve. It would be generous, but at least be very good. And, and it circles around trading Aaron Rodgers and and that's how i would go about the situation shake it up get someone new in there and if jordan love sucks for 2 years then he sucks for 2 years and you start the process over but to just continue on this aaron rodgers train as he gets older as he gets worse i'm out on it dude i'm out on it
0: yeah and you probably could get you know two or three i mean it depends on where the first round picks are but that, you could, you could get very I mean, significant a uh, very significant package for aaron rodgers and looking Looking at the the salary cap, it only you're only in salary cap hell for one year. 2023, uh, you're, I mean, 2023 is going to be a lot better for the Packers salary cap wise. Next year is ridiculous. You're going to have to get rid of Zadarius Smith, you will have to get rid of Preston Smith. Um, Crosby's gone, Crosby is gone. Uh, Amos is making 12 million dollars. That's pretty significant. Randall Cobb's making nine and a half, he has to be gone. gone. Yep. Um, the so. It, you only have to kind of, I, I hesitate to say restock, even though that's probably what they're going to do where a rebuild would be more effective, but you only have to have a dip for one year. If everything goes perfect. But the the one problem is as well, you mentioned these young players. Uh, I think Rashawn Gary will be up for a contract in 2023. Jair will be up for a contract. So you get a lot of contracts off the, off the book or off the books, but I mean, Jesus, how much money is Jair going to want? And you're going to have to pay All of him All in of 2023 as well. So and, it's it's kind of unfortunate for the Packers that they find themselves in this hell next year because they while they have a lot of expensive older players on the team, they still do have a lot of young productive players on rookie contracts and that will not be the case when they finally get out of the the hell. I mean, they won't be 40 million over like they are, but they are right. not going to have as much money as you, as you might think.
1: But here's how I look at it for that is I mean, when you're when you're taking these players and you know that you're going to sign them to f- three, four, five-year deals in some cases, you can spread that money out, which makes the impact less. If you were going to get Rashawn Gary on a two-year deal, it's like, oh, my God. It's going to be a $50 million two-year deal. Like That would be destroying your salary cap situation. But if you spread it out over four or five years, and obviously he's going to get more money based on the years, but you can spread it out in a much more team-friendly way, you would do that with Rashawn Gary. You would do that with Jair Alexander. You'll probably do it with Stokes when that situation comes to the table. But like you said, if you get rid of a bunch of these veterans, I mean, like you said, Z's gone, Crosby's gone, Cobb's gone. It's going to help the cap situation. It might even get you down around the cap in terms of being right on that line. But if you get rid of Rogers and you suddenly love is plugged in at a, on a rookie deal playing quarterback, that's an extra $25 million. You know what I mean? Like, there is a lot that you can do. Suddenly things start to change with those picks that you would get in an Aaron Rodgers deal. Suddenly you have, maybe you have, if you trade them to a really good team, you have the 29th pick and the let's say green Bay's average. You have the 15th pick. You can package them together and move to seven. So there, there are ways to improve this team very significantly. But like I said, it comes back to trading Rodgers, and I know green Bay fans don't want to hear it, I think it's time to shake it up. Like I said, how many times can we go through this dog and pony show of being great in the regular season and then being an absolute embarrassing disappointment in the playoffs? Shake it up, build a great roster, and then just hope love is decent enough to carry it at least into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and the the, the one thing that I will say I'm not going to have clarity on during this conversation uh, because it would require a lot of work is I would also have to look into the contracts to figure out um how how to save money because i don't i don't fully know like if you if you basically you backload it no but i mean like okay so you cut preston smith for and and he's you know do uh like 21 million against the cap like i don't i don't know if it would be better to trade him or and then you have to find a trade partner like i don't know the penalty you would incur for doing that i don't know if it would go over multiple years i don't know how, how the, the dead money works. I, I would imagine that a lot of it is dependent on the contract and whether or not it's like an entry yeah. or things like that, but like, I don't know. So like, so like a, 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 an unfortunate part of this, if you don't restructure might be, and I'm not saying this is a case, I'm just saying it's, it's possible because I don't know the details yeah. of these contracts. It might turn out to where um, Preston Smith is due $20 million, but you're actually going to get, you know, just fucked if you cut him. So it's better. It, to keep him on the roster because you're, you're not, yeah. not going to get destroyed. But then you still have to find, you know, that $20 million elsewhere. So there might be a surprise cut, you know, D- Dean Lowry could get caught or, you know, somebody you, you, you don't expect. At,
1: you would have to go through the entire roster, find the big contracts and then look at the dead cap hit. That's, I mean, that's because I that's I would where you imagine, take
0: your back on the money. Yeah. And I would imagine yeah. for somebody like Bakhtiari, I know that you don't want to move is, on from him, but obviously right. he do a shit ton of money, and he's injured. Like I would imagine, if you were to even trade him and be like, "Oh, we could get some nice picks for him," I would imagine you would still get fucked pretty hard salary-wise yeah. on on something like that.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it is a case by case basis. But in general, based on what I've seen from reading Green Bay reporting, is that. <laughs> there are ways to get this team not only down around the salary cap, especially if Rogers moves, there are ways to get pretty, eh, pretty far being overselling it, but there there are ways to get 15, $20 million under the cap. And then suddenly, like I said, it comes back to a quarterback playing on a rookie deal. You have money to spend elsewhere. You're going to have an influx in draft picks and, and suddenly you're in a good spot because green Bay over the last five years or so has done a very good job in the draft. I mean, they've, they've got some really nice players. You look at Stokes, who's, Came into his own this year. Jair is an all-pro. Rashawn Gary is well on his way to being one of the best pass rushers in the league. Green Bay's done a decent job of finding talent after having many years of not doing it. Um, things have gotten better, and I think that's something they need to take advantage of, especially if they can find a way to get two or three
0: first-rounders. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with your sentiment, and it, it, and it is correct. The one thing that I've pointed out with the Vikings that would be also true of the Packers specifically for next year, for anybody who thinks that they might uh, make some noise next year or do anything other than just turtle up and try to, you know, survive until 2023 is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 44 million over the cap. Say you cut it to where like some of these Packers people are talking about where you have 20 million in in, in you know, money to spend. That's nothing. If you have 20 million to spend, you have nothing to spend because half more than half that's going to be your draft class. And then it comes down to your signing people for league minimum. So when people hear 20 million, oh, we have 20 million to spend, uh, you're not, you're not getting a, a number one left tackle and, uh, and a guard for that type of money. I mean, you got, you got draft picks, you got to pay for like with the Vikings, how they said, you know, if we do all of this, we have, we have 25 million to spend, not going to make a damn difference. If you want to make a difference in free agency, uh, you, you, you probably would need $40, $50 million to actually get good players on a team that would make a difference. Uh, anything else is just jump change, and you're just doing, uh, you know, you're signing Josh Norman to a fucking $800,000 contract because you got to fill roster spots and shit. I mean, there,
1: there are – if you, you, can get, you can get one, two really nice players – not really nice. You can get two good players for $20 million. Like if you want to, if you want a decent pass rusher, 12 million, I mean, you're, you're like per season. So, I mean, like there are ways to improve the roster, but I, in general, I agree with you that like, you're not going to transform your roster with, with $25 million. Maybe you can improve one position and make a nice upgrade. If if you went from someone who was making like a vet minimum to, to someone who's going to have an impact at 10, $12 million. But in general, I agree with you that it's, you're, you're likely improving one position, not one side of the ball.
0: Yeah. And, and, and still throughout the totality of all the positions, you're going to, you're going to lose out because a first round pick is going to make 5 million, you know, a second round pick is going to make like one and a half or 2 million. Like your, your draft class is going to cost more than $10 million. So at that, at that point, well, we got $9 million to spend on a defensive end and then we are, we have no money to spend on the 20 other roster spots we have to fill. So it's, and, and again, this is all best case scenario, assuming you could get rid of all of the pieces that are hindering you and, and things like that. So, uh, obviously, building through the draft is is the correct way to do it. And um, I don't know. I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder how you feel about um, uh, all these terrible free agent contracts that you have. Where how how do you think how do you think Packers fans and I suppose you specifically view that where. Um obviously you want to build through the draft. The Packers have done that for basically their whole history. They don't sign free agents. Um like how do you view the risk versus reward of well, we did have a lot of success the last couple of years and a lot of that was through free agents, but now we're going to have to kind of pay the piper. Like do you think people will view that uh, you know this this kind of recent splurge in free agency as a good thing? Do you think they'll end up viewing it as a bad thing or somewhere in between? Like that's just the, the cost of running business. How how do you kind of view that uh, dynamic?
1: in terms of like, I think you set it up really well. I mean, historically green Bay has not been a player in free agency. And I think picking your spots and just taking shots when you believe it's time, I think is a good thing. And I, I mean, you, you take a look at Zadarius, you take a look at Preston, um, Adrian Amos or, or, you know, they green Bay made some signings that there's no question without Preston and Zedarius, we're probably not playing in an NFC championship last game or last year. This season, we're certainly not 13 and three. I know Zedarius missed, but Preston was still an effective player. Amos has been a good player. So they certainly had positive impacts. And we, we were, past tense, in a Super Bowl window. I mean, we had three years where you win 13 games in the regular season each year. The expectation is competing for and hopefully winning a title. Those free agency signings certainly helped do not expect it to become the norm. The Green Bay front office has not had a just change in mentality. They knew it was time to spend because the iron was hot and they had to strike while it was. And we tried and we didn't win a championship, but those were good signings. I mean, the worst one was, was Billy Turner, and he still played O-line for us for three years. Yeah, we, we overpaid for whatever market value would have been, but he was an important piece on our O-line for multiple years. And he tried to help us win a championship. So I think it'll be looked back on fondly in terms of going for it and taking a shot. But you don't win a championship, and and it certainly won't become the norm, if that kind of answers your question, I
0: guess. Yeah, no, I, it, definitely.
1: Yeah, because all I'm going to look back on Amos and Zadarius and Preston as positive signings. Billy Turner, you can throw him in there as well yeah, it's 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 coming to an end now and that's okay, but you had a chance to win a title and they were important players on that run. So it was a, they were good signings.
0: And I think you're dead on. That's how I would look at it from a, from an outsider. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, things have turned sour uh, right. financially. And obviously, you know, if you won a super bowl this year or last year you go, I don't give a shit. Awesome. Right. Like whatever. Right. That was the, that was the price of doing business. There's no, Unless you're the Patriots, there's always a rebound. There's, there's nothing you can do about that. Every – even, you know, Legion of Boom wasn't around forever. You know, the, the Broncos certainly got totally destroyed from all of the yep. moves they made to, to win one with, uh, you know, an aging uh, HGH taking Peyton Manning, uh, allegedly. The problem,
1: the, the problem is when way – to, way to seal it off there with the protection, allegedly. <laughs> um, the, the problem is when fans expect that to become the norm. Like if you expect that you're an idiot. Cause then you just become you just start overpaying. You would the Green Bay Packers would become the New York Knicks of the NFL. Where like, well, we whiffed on Kevin Durant. I guess we'll just pay Julius Randle fifty-five million dollars a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like it, it gets out of control so quickly. You should not be spending money just to spend money. That's stupid. It's idiotic. You're almost certainly gonna overpay for for players in free agency that do not have the value of what the contract is. So I'd much rather build through the draft, which Green Bay has done historically, and, and pick your spots once you feel like your team's kind of on that cusp.
0: Oh, 100%. And you, I've seen the Colts get criticized the last couple of years because they've had like $100 million plus in money to spend, but they don't spend it. And they're just like, yeah, we sign players we like. Like, What, what do you yeah. want me to do, pay $40 million for Janoris Jenkins a year? Like, Right. right. Okay, like, that, so then I can get destroyed a couple of years from now if I do want to actually spend money. And, you know, that was kind of the thing with Spielman where he always, uh, you know, said he did this. And I I believe it's generally, everyone gets
1: paid. Everyone got paid in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. Well, but, but specifically, like if you have a good player that you have internally and you know what they are and you, you drafted them and it comes time to pay them, you just pay them. You just pay them. You keep, you pay people almost whatever they want and keep them in house because 12 million dollars you spend to keep uh you know Dalvin cook is a lot better than 15 million to sign melvin gordon and you don't know what you got and it's so much riskier and fundamentally free like fundamentally a team doesn't want a player if they let them go to free agency so like that's kind of like a weird like sort of naive but not way to look at it where it's like well they're a free agent their original team and them couldn't come to a deal they're willing to let them hit the open market and they're willing to let them leave. So that's kind of a little red flag in my mind, where it's like, well, if they were a good enough player, you know, sometimes people just want to get paid. And obviously there's a million exceptions and shit like that, but a C plus player is going to get paid B plus money. And you, you just, you'd rather, you'd rather pay in-house. It's so much and, nicer.
1: And here's the thing with Minnesota. I mean, everyone knows that good homegrown players in Minnesota get paid. Hell, even non-homegrown players get paid. I mean, people that they just bring in but you're you're right with Dalvin you're right with Daniil Hunter these are players that have I mean on the upside they're some of the best players in the entire league I mean Daniil Hunter was literally on a hall of fame trajectory before the injuries like he was that good of a pass rusher so you pay them the problem is when you get into situations like Anthony Barr where it's like I'm gonna go make a ton of money for the Jets and and Spielman's like, no, please here, come back. And then, and then there's the, the tears on the phone and, and Anthony Barr is crying and wants to come back to Minnesota. You, you got to learn to separate yourself with, from some of the players. And, and I feel like Spielman and Zimmer had a tough time doing that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Anthony Barr should have never gotten another contract and instead they paid him and now it's, and now it hurts. And I feel like, Green Bay historically is a little too frugal and, and Minnesota spends a little, a little bit too much.
0: I think he should, I think Barr should have got another contract, but what, no. what, what miffs me is the, um, is the, is the term. Like, I don't like if, and, and whatever, they don't have a whole lot of money to spend and it, it sounds like I'm splitting hairs here, but like, why couldn't it be a four-year deal and not a five-year deal? Like, I know that that, that doesn't seem like much, but like, Man, that really makes all the difference in the world to me if that's a four year deal. or like, hey, why why can't it be a three year deal and we just pay you a little bit more? like I, I I almost at a certain point end up caring more about the years than the than the term because it's it's kind of you can get out you can get out of money. like you could end up trading or or cutting or whatever. But to get out of term, it, it seems like it's a bigger thing. And I would say the downfall of Rick Spielman as a GM. I don't really care that he overspent for Anthony Barr uh i I thought that was a good re-signing at the time and you certainly you certainly knew what you had with him so you know if if we had signed uh devonta hightower or something and he sucked for the same money that we signed anthony barr like it it, it, is what it is but the but the downfall was the the free agent signings like oh my god kirk cousins was terrible riley reef giving him five years 55 was garbage Uh, Paying Mike Mike Remmers, like four years, 30 million paying uh, Michael Pierce to not play paying Dalvin Tomlinson. It really, it almost was nothing internally. Like even, even the re-signing Harrison Smith, like how we said that's a bad deal, but ah, at least he made a pro bowl. And at least, and you know, for whatever that means, but he wasn't bad this year. Right. right. So, and he's been, he's been good and dependable for a long time, but it's, but it's, but it's when you're spending free agent money on shit you don't know about where it's like, well, uh, let's sign two nose tackles back to back in free agency. That sounds like a fun idea, except for, you know, there's no need, there's no need for two nose. There's tackles. No need, we could have signed a guard for we that. Can,
1: we can improve the three technique. They're going to have their hand in the dirt. The way I look at it is this is Anthony Barr worth five years, $70 million. Like, what was it? High sixties. Like I just don't like, yeah, like 67 or whatever. Yeah. So five years, $67 million. I, he's not that impact of a player. And it's like, well, we like Anthony Barr and he's, he's a decent player and, and he's good in the locker room. And it's like, I, I just don't, I just don't like that. I mean, like if you're, if you're giving someone five years, 70 million, man, they better be making plays They they better be flying around. And I, I don't know if it's them not using Anthony Barr properly or if, but man, he just, to me, he's not worth that deal. And it, I think you kind of alluded to it there. Like, if it's less years, all right, I'm fine with it. If you want to give him, because what? When was that contract signed? Like two years ago,
0: or something like that. Yeah, tw- yeah, something like that. So like nineteen
1: or twenty, like whatever
0: it was. I think nineteen.
1: Okay, so nineteen, so year three, so he has a couple years left. I mean, I just man, I I don't like it. it. It it seems like they overvalue the players that they've had in their locker room for so long. And Harrison Smith's a Hall of Famer, so like I understand that, but. <laughs> These players aren't getting any younger and Anthony Barr certainly isn't making any more jumps.
0: Well, the thing, the thing that bugs me a little bit too, about, you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't, and don't want to move on from Anthony Barr, but um, <clears throat> the thing that bugs me is um, that was the same year that Eric Wilson was up for a contract. So if, if you wanted to move on, like who knows what it would have cost to resign Eric Wilson, say it's, six and a half million for three years or something like, Oh, Eric Wilson was, was pretty good. Undrafted guy from, from Cincinnati, you know, saw his playing time increase. Like, there you go. There's your homegrown internal option. That's cheaper. And maybe he's a little bit worse than Anthony Barr. Maybe he's better, but there's your option. Like with, um, we decided to keep Anthony Harris for one year extra and let J Ron curse go, even though J Ron curse was regularly playing as a backup, safety uh, uh third safety like extra defensive back and uh playing well like he had the game ceiling interception against the broncos and we let him go he goes to detroit doesn't have success because detroit's defense is terrible then goes to dallas and look at the success he's having and it's like yeah that guy was on our team we could have he signed for two million dollars with the, the lions like we easily hey hey jaron here's a two-year four million dollar incentive laden deal you're now our starter. Like, that's all he wanted. He really didn't even care about money. He just wanted to go somewhere he could start, as, you know, evidenced by, well, him saying that, but also signing with the Lions. Like, we spend all this time developing young, cheap players and then just let them, just let them go. Like, um, like Weatherly, like uh, Odenebo. Like, why bring back Everson Griffin if we could have just re signed Weatherly, who signed for like two yeah, years, $8 million with uh, the Panthers? Uh, and, and it's the fact that they're signing for very little elsewhere. That's also right. concerning instead of coming back to the place where they had enough success to warrant free agent, uh, you know, interest.
1: And here's the thing. Like he, he, I think he brought up a really nice example. You go back to Eric Wilson. What, what was he? I think he was in the 17 draft class or whatever. I mean, like, uh, it says he's making, he's on a one year, $2.7 million deal. Is he $10 million is Anthony Barr $10 million better than that guy was?
0: Yeah, no, I don't,
1: absolutely I don't know. Uh, no, is he, he is wasn't. He, okay, so, like, you saw it more than I, so uh, we'll say no. I mean, is he four years better than, than Wilson? If he's not worth that much money more, he's certainly not, not worth nearly half a decade more. I just, there's, it's not about not, pl- not paying players, and that's not what I'm advocating for, but it's being smart with some money. That's $10 million you could have pumped into the O-line. You don't think that would have helped? You don't think you could have got ten million dollars a year to stop those turnstiles you guys have up front? Like it just, oh yeah, I, they, I, they, they overvalue some of these 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 players that have been in the organization for so long. And there's ways to save money, and they just they haven't done it.
0: Yeah, as as a GM, as a capologist, you have to be robotic. You can't allow for anything other than literally just like c martin levels of you know uh you know trying to trying to analyze yeah analytics you have to be totally analytical about it no no well this is my boy you have to be you know very uh frugal and i am not for paying players i don't give a shit i'm not gonna pretend like i care about players making money i don't i don't care at all i don't hide about any of the things people try to sugarcoat like every single Every single Sunday during the football season, season, I know that I'm getting enjoyment from people, you know, getting CTE. I'm not hiding from that. I'm not gloating or, like, happy about that, but I'm not one of these people who won't, like, acknowledge that. Like, yeah, yeah, I watch boxing and MMA. Like, I'm watching people get irreversible, like, fucking, you know, Parkinson's yeah. and shit like that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's but that's what it is. And I'm not for paying players. I hope every player on the Vikings gets screwed over on a team-friendly deal. I don't want players making – money i want them to get the as little money as as not on a personal level like i hate them but like yeah i want every single contract to be a steal of a deal for my team like i don't care if the packers overpay aaron Rodgers. fucking good for him or any other player on any other team but yeah i I would like uh dalvin cook for one million dollars so i mean i feel like we've
1: this kind of drifted from a green bay conversation into a salary cap conversation into a vikings conversation which is totally fine but like, I think it's really interesting just to look at the salary cap and what teams can do. And, and for the first time in a long time, I feel like green Bay has an opportunity to really shake up the roster. And, and certainly you're going to get worse at the quarterback position if Aaron leaves, there's no question about that. But I mean, there, there is a lot of opportunity to shake things up on the rest of the roster and build around a nice young core that you have. And Aaron Jones is still kind of young I mean, look at AJ Dillon, who's been fantastic. Like I said, three, four names on the defense that are they're good and under twenty-five. So, I I, I, just, I think it's time for a shakeup, and I think it's much needed. And and that involves sending Aaron Rodgers to whatever contender wants him and is willing to bid the highest.
0: Yeah, there's there's enough young players that, like, and we talk about this with like teams winning meaningless games in december and destroying their draft stocks the worst. It's, it's, it's it's counterintuitive to to be bad now to be good later is counterintuitive you would think well we always want to try to be as good as we can uh you know because you just always want to be good well it's that's gonna hinder you if you if you're not at a certain level of success at the pinnacle of success that's gonna that's going to generally hinder you um But it's the same. It's the same with the Packers where you have enough players where if you want to lay low for a year or two, these players will still be in their prime and you can come around and maybe be legit. But what's going to happen is you're going to keep those young players mess around for another year or two, and then you're going to lose all of it. You're going to lose those good players to free agency and everybody's going to get, you know, a year or two older where it's like, just save what you have now. Just, you know cut cut your arm off and and you get a get a prosthetic later it's 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 not going to go the way you think it's it's going to go and and if you think if you think it's going to work out for the packers like if you think for any of these packers fans who think like well we'll just run it back or we'll cut some salary and and run it back I um, hate that it, it's like it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go and um unfortunately there's not there's not a lot of um I think people who think like that are pretty, uh, pretty dumb. And that's why I don't, I don't ever listen or care what casual fans have to say about anything, but for hardcore fans who, who like feel that way, like you're, you're just, it's just a really dumb thing. And there's no, there's, there's no good ending for you. And I've dealt with this ever since Kirk cousins was here where like, Hi, I'm here the entire time. I'm I'm going to tell you when this turns out bad that I told you this was going to turn out bad four years ago, but unfortunately, you don't get that satisfying moment of them being like, "Ah, man, you were right. Didn't turn out well. It's all it's all for nothing." They won't acknowledge it. Uh, you know, you you can't uh, you can't change people's opinions. What is that old old thing that people say? That study where you know when presented with uh, data contrary to oh, your yeah. beliefs, you just become more steadfast in it. You're you're never going to get that gotcha moment. So unfortunately for you, you're going to sit there and, and watch a bunch of bad shit happen, call that a bunch of bad shit's going to happen. And then there's no responsibility and you're just going to be like me where you're just dejected. And it's like, well, I guess this is just how shit is now. It doesn't, you know, I, I, and here's what what I, what I think should happen.
1: And we, we say this every time we do a pod, what we think should happen and what happens will, will never be the same. They will never be – there's no chance Green Bay's like – I mean, there is a chance, but I don't think they trade Aaron Rodgers. I think the front office and LaFleur are going to say, we can run it back. All we got to do is hit on a draft pick or two. Aaron's going to play like an MVP again next year, and we'll be right back in the playoffs. And it's like, I just – I really hate that. It, you, They had a chance to catch lightning in a bottle this year. They had two players on their defense that literally either were first-team all-pros or got all-pro votes and we're making less than $2 million each. Rasul Douglas, we pulled off a practice squad scrap heap, and he became essentially an all-pro. Devondre Campbell, same thing. We're paying him no money. He was maybe the best linebacker in the game this year.
0: And that does that's, that's, Oh, exactly. That's to speak to the lightning in the bottle. That is not replicable. Right. Just, just, like, exactly Tom Brady, I'm saying. just like Tom Brady Brady's a sixth-round pick, that is not replicable. You cannot – There will never happen again.
1: Right. And and that's why I said like lightning in a bottle. You had to take advantage of this. You don't just find all pros off the street. It doesn't happen. It's pro I bet that's never happened before. Where where a team has just got picked up two players either late in the season or or you know, they, they didn't come in and pay him a ton of money and they turned into all pros. It doesn't uh, happen.
0: Actually it happened in uh nineteen eighty six. So I'm gonna actually, build my I'm going to build my team with scrap heaps because and, I'm going to point to the exception that happened one time, yes. just like it's, you know Trent the, Dilfer winning the Super Bowl. It's the Joe Flacco rule. Well, if our defense just gets
1: hot and Joe Flacco, that defense had Hall of Famers, that defense had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed on it. Do it's not what, count on that. It's what do you, do you said. Count. It's a disease of the mind. It's a
0: disease of the brain, man. It doesn't work. It's, mean, almost, it's, it's almost a bad thing for your sake that that happened it's almost a bad thing. What's it's, terrible. It's, it's not because oh. you, you did get all pro production, but it's, it's a bad thing because now that's in people's mind as being a possibility. And it's, you're a hundred percent,
1: right? I mean, there's just no way to replicate that. And like I said, there's no, I, I genuinely as a diehard Packer fan, I, I don't see a single way how this roster gets better next year. I, I don't see it. This was your opportunity. And now it's time to burn it down. And I don't know if you want to go this far, if you want to go this route, but do you want to talk about some potential fits for Aaron Rodgers in terms of trade destinations? Or do you want to just move on?
0: No, for sure. We can do that as well. I was actually going to ask you a, a question. I, I think, I think yeah, we should cool. talk about this bef- before we do that and you'll, sure. you'll see why. Um, but, you know, we were talking about Tom Brady, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and obviously the possibility of retirement is, is there for both of them. Obviously, right. that would be worst case scenario for the Packers because you Terrible. wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. recuperate anything on a trade. What what percentage probability would you put that uh, Aaron Rodgers just up and retires uh, and and that was his last game in the NFL? Man, that's
1: tough. I I I genuinely believe it's very low. I think it's probably in the five to ten percent range. I mean, Aaron Rodgers we know is a competitive guy. He's a he's kind of like far in the, he's going to want to stick it to you. I don't like obviously retirement. He would be sticking it to us, but man, there'd be no better way for him than to go to a different team and win a championship. Okay. So I feel like he wants to keep playing. If he wasn't playing like an MVP, I'd be like, yeah, maybe he's going to hang it up. Dude. He's coming off back-to-back MVPs. He, I bet he believes he can win at least one more. I don't think there's any way he walks away from the game.
0: Yeah, I I would say it's a higher percent chance he retires. Really? I would, yeah, I would probably put it at, um, I'd say 25% chance he retires.
1: Okay, I mean, I thought you were going to go crazy and say like 70 or something.
0: No, 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 but I, but I think I wouldn't be, well, I mean, I would be shocked because that's just such big news that it's shocking no matter what. But yeah. I'd say 25 because he's a different guy. He's a weird guy. Like, he doesn't do things oh, he, always conventionally, so. What what's a more Aaron Rodgers move than walking away after winning two MVPs? You know he's he's a guy who takes things very personally. I would imagine being in the business for him is like constantly draining to him. I just get the sense that he doesn't vibe, uh, you know, with with what's going on in general. But I think I think the reason why I would say it's twenty five and not forty percent is. Uh, Tom Brady went to another team and won a Super Bowl I think if that didn't happen where you have so many quarterbacks at the end of their career going to other teams you know Joe Namath going to the Rams fucking uh, Joe Montana going to the Chiefs although although I think they made it to some AFC championship games but if if you didn't have that Tom Brady example of hey my team is so uh, fucked that I can go somewhere else and win he he probably I don't think he would retire even then but Forty percent chance he just kind of goes well. The writing's kind of on the wall. I don't want to go to the fucking Broncos or something and try to you know beat a bunch of good AFC West teams and and you know yeah. go through the I whole d- rigmarole. I, d- I just don't see like I said if he wasn't playing at an MVP
1: level, I'd it, I'd really boost my percentage because I think it'd be easier to walk away. But when he knows that, yeah, maybe he doesn't have it like he used to, like in you know eleven through fifteen. But man, he's still, if he's still winning MVPs, he's obviously one of the best in the league. He's still got enough to win a championship. Will will he? I don't think he will. I don't think he will no matter where he goes, because he's had some real floundering issues in the playoffs. But man, I bet you there's I bet you there's five to ten teams that would line up and say, I'll do whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers. And the reason I only have it as that many teams is because. Obviously, salary caps and issues, so you got to make that work. And also, there's a number of teams that already have a quarterback that they're locked into. So not it's not going to be a fit for everyone, but for the teams that are on the cusp, I think the Colts are a great example. Man, there's a lot of teams that would line up and say, "How do we get this guy into our organization?"
0: Okay, so you mentioned the Colts. How about and and I'm you know, I haven't put a whole lot of thought in this, but uh, you know, what are what are a handful of teams that you think could realistically be a possibility or? You know, even if they're not necessarily realistic, uh, you know, would be good fits for them other than, you know, places that obviously have a franchise quarterback yeah. that they're not going to s-
1: Indianapolis. I'd put there. Pittsburgh. I would put there. I've seen some stuff floating around about Vegas, not like credible reports, but I mean, just some ideas, Vegas, obviously people have been so high. Oh, so you saw,
0: you saw score North reporting on it.
1: It always, oh, did they say that? No, I don't know. I, I was asking. Oh, I, I oh I, was, I see what you're doing. I thought you were trolling. <laughs> Anyways, So Vegas could work. I mean, I've seen people talking about Denver for literally a year and a half. So, I mean, Denver could work, but honestly, if I'm the, if I'm green Bay, I don't care what team it is. I want to start a bidding war. We're starting it off at three first rounders who, am who is coming to me. So I, like I said, man, Pitt, I, I think Pittsburgh would be a good fit. I know the Tomlin thing got some steam earlier this year. There are teams out there. So I, that would be my first handful of teams that come to mind.
0: Yeah, in, Indy would probably be the best fit for them because that offensive line is killer. Already established. That's, yeah, that's very important. Taylor uh, in the backfield. Yep, Taylor. You got Taylor. Uh, wide, receivers could, yeah. wide receivers could use some some work. Uh, Pittman's fine. Uh, uh, T.Y. Uh, Hilton, Hilton is totally washed. That guy's a, a bum. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be interesting. Uh, the, the Dolphins would be a little bit interesting. That's a division that, Man, you know, th- there's no there's no like real clear like open division for the taking. But, I mean, if you pair him up with like, like I would drool over uh, him and uh, Jalen Waddell together because uh, he's a, I think he had like 105 receptions as a rookie. Like, holy shit. There had is, him on
1: my fantasy team this year.
0: You see, there you go. Then you know, like I could imagine he wouldn't be as good as Devontae is right now, but I could imagine that being like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devante type uh, of of you know dynamic in yeah. relationship. I'm not crazy about the Steelers. I I don't really like his fit in that offense, or I don't I don't like the composition of that offense. The offense is that offense does need some work. The defense is
1: I don't want to say built to win exactly, but I mean, man that <laughs> that pass rush is pretty elite.
0: Yeah. I, I, the Broncos could be realistic. I don't like the Broncos. I would stay out of the, uh, of the AFC West. I don't, I don't don't really like the Broncos. I mean, I don't think they're that good of a team. The the Raiders are interesting because talk about somebody who's a very reliable wide receiver, Hunter, Hunter Renfro. uh, Darren Waller is, is pretty good. Josh Jacobs. Like you would have a lot of nice pieces. The defense is not super great outside of, uh, you know, Max Crosby. Uh, so that would that would take some uh, some doing, which unfortunately, um, unfortunately, drawing like a parallel to this situation with Rodgers, potentially going to a new team, and you know what happened with Tom Brady, uh, how Tom Brady had a good defense last year with uh, with the uh, the Buccaneers, that defense was already in place. They were young and impressive. Oh, but they are. Yeah. They they got Winfield. They already had Devin White. They already had all these guys on that team. They really didn't outside of Indominuk and Sue, they didn't really sign anybody to come in. It was just already a pretty good defense and they spent a million picks on on corners and, and stuff like that. Uh but but outside of that, I don't I don't really like uh I don't really like any of any of the other teams. I really don't like I don't really don't like a whole lot of NFC t- teams for him. I can't really think of a good place for oh. him to go in the NFC, not that you would necessarily want to trade them in the conference. I don't think that's a deal breaker, by the way, but there's, there's really no, like, do you, d- does Washington, like, you know, there's no, Indianapolis
1: better, I'm serious. Indianapolis better be on the phone. You got to make a call. And obviously it's going to get leaked no matter what you do. So who cares at this point? Cause Aaron is already deciding his future on the Pat McAfee show. So like, well, let's not pretend like everything needs to be done in secret. So I'm Green Bay, dude. I'm making calls already. I'm serious. What what is Indianapolis willing to give up? Because if can you imagine Aaron Rodgers on that team this year? I mean, talk about putting a team over the hump. My goodness. Jonathan Taylor was literally an MVP discussion. Aaron Rodgers won MVP. And that team's built to win right now, man.
0: Yeah, I'm I just don't think he'll win a Super Bowl anywhere he goes. Like, okay. well I don't
1: think so either. I'm just saying you could easily convince a team that this is your guy.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I think that, I think that team, if he was on the Colts this year, I think they would probably win 15 games, but I still think they would have basically the same performance that the Packers had in the playoffs. Like, I don't think that, I don't think the ultimate end res, end result is, is any different uh, anywhere he goes, but you know, you could do a lot of live uh, in-person uh, appearances on the uh, Pat McAfee show and, you know, watch him act like he just, you know, snorted an eight ball before coming on air and just free I I only can watch that's a, it's a good show. I really like that show, but I only can watch it for a handful of minutes uh at a time because it's just uh it's too much energy for me. I just keep going back to what Stafford got. I mean
1: two first rounders from Matt Stafford who was to say there were question marks coming out of Detroit would be an understate understatement. And that dude gained that that dude grabbed two first rounders. What is a two what is a back to back MVP get? You got to think it's at least three. You could make an argument he could get four.
0: He wouldn't, though.
1: He could. Team, dude, teams get so desperate. You're telling me front offices aren't stupid? You know, me, stupid teams are out there. They're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Aaron Rodgers is on the market and they go crazy.
0: I'm not saying he's not worth it, but when was the last time four first round picks have been traded?
1: When was the last time a back to back MVP got traded?
0: I mean, that's a fair point, but it's just, that's a lot to get. Dude, it, it, The thing about that too is Aaron Rodgers won't be on that team for four years. You're, you're, you're trading, you're trading draft picks on years that you are not going to have Aaron Rodgers. A hundred percent. And
1: I, and I'm just saying there are, there are teams that are close enough right now that they will do whatever it takes to upgrade at the most important position in sports. And it's, and it's hard. How often is an MVP on the market? I mean, Tom Brady. I, I literally can't think of another time where an MVP, MVP quarterback was like, I'm checking out other teams.
0: No, I get it, but this is not the NBA. You're not going to get ridiculous packages for players, especially because, and and you know this, and I know this. Teams draft picks are so important, and I can't stress that enough. But they teams, are. but but for that being said, teams wildly overvalue uh, a a given draft pick. Like, oh, you you want me to trade a third round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Like. I'm going to draft a hall of famer with that third round pick. Like, I don't know. Can I talk you down a little bit? Like teams are wild with what they think. Like even first round picks are 50, 50 propositions. So I'm not saying he's not worth four, but it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to draft Calvin Johnson in the first round. I'm not going to draft Laquan Treadwell. Like you're asking me to trade away four hall of famers for Rogers. I don't know if I can do that. Teams are just fucking delusional when it comes to that. Yeah. You could draft Christian Ponder. Yeah. Very, very easily.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, all I'm saying is teams get desperate. They get a little foamy at the mouth. They see their rosters close, and they see an MVP in the market and know that the opportunity is It'll pro- it probably won't happen again for, for another 10 years. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So, I really think some GMs are going to – they could go out on a limb here. After all, that is where the fruit is, as my high school basketball coach used to say. I mean, go out on a limb and go for it.
0: They're getting foamy at the mouth. What did they go on a date with Darren Sharper? Oh, jeez.
1: Oh, I am in no way associated with this comment.
0: <laughs> no, funny. fuck that guy. I hate
1: Darren Sharper. No, I know I'm just saying it.
0: No, I don't. I want to make that. Yeah, <laughs> they clear. got bit by a. they got bit by a raccoon like 12 hours ago. They got bit by a Jim Sturm. Stermiitis. Yeah, that's fatal, by the way. There's no cure for that. <laughs> <laughs> no vaccine yeah yeah no vaccine for that yeah also by the way darren sharper getting 20 years in jail for like uh raping people in seven states or whatever he did is wild that guy should be locked up for life
1: yeah that's not a hot take that you should be getting way more than 20 years for that yes it's
0: a hot take in the in in whatever court (laughs) that he got sentenced
1: in apparently i'm not a judge so
0: but yeah i mean just
1: I hope green Bay starts a bidding war. I don't think it'll happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I'd be, I'd be pretty, uh, black-pilled about the, uh, the whole situation. If I was, uh, a fan of the Packers. All right. I think, I, I think we've exhausted the Packer takes. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, we can absolutely breeze uh, breeze through, uh, uh the, the divisional round. Cause that's obviously, uh, uh, a, a fun talking point. A lot of, a lot of great games, uh, going on then, uh, why don't we start with, let me see here. Well, why don't, why don't we start with the, uh, the Sunday night game, the, the bills and the chiefs, obviously, uh, uh, a very, very good game. Uh, the chiefs coming back from, uh, the, the jaws of defeat. I mean, that I felt so fucking bad for the bills and Josh Allen and specifically, Dude, if, if if I was Gabriel Davis, like, dude, I, I don't want to say what I would have done to that team because it, it probably would be a terroristic threat, but,
1: Jesus. oh, my God,
0: four <laughs> receiving touchdowns. Dude, like. Two hundred and, like, what, ten yards or something like that? Dude, I'd be I'd be whipping my teammates with a fucking rusty bike chain if that happened, like, a legendary performance. They could not guard him. He was better than any receiver on the Chiefs, and they have tremendous, tremendous receivers. And it's like, what you, you needed five? Do I have to give you five receiving touchdowns? What the fuck's going on here?
1: Talk about an ultimate letdown in, in the Bills defense. I, I don't know how many times I heard in the pregame broadcast, it's a, it's a number one defense in the league. They were great on third down. They defend so well. They rushed the passer. The secondary has two all pros. And what did it get them? Not a damn thing. They, they couldn't do it. That defense looked like Swiss cheese, man. And I know Mahomes, people are putting them in the goat conversation already. But, man, if you're the defense, it's like if you make one stop, the game's over in the second half. And they couldn't do it. I mean, they couldn't get off the field on third down. Big plays everywhere. Talk about – I don't know what it's called now, but I've seen going around that's going to be the, either the the Allen and Mahomes game or the 13-second game because 13 seconds left you have a lead and you give up a field goal man just out absolutely outrageous what was it 19 yards to Tyree kill and like 25 yards to Travis Kelsey field goal as time expired unforgivable absolutely a disaster in every aspect of those final 13 seconds
0: oh totally brutal and uh I kind of knew that she, uh, the, the bills defense would suck, even though they were number one in the league because they are ran by Leslie Frazier, uh, who is you getting get coaching looks. Yeah, I know. That's a head coach <laughs> fucking performance right there. Leslie Frazier is not good, but um, it, it's kind of funny because uh, you just know something's going to happen. You just know what's oh, going to happen. So when, when they scored that long touchdown to Gabriel D- Davis right before, with like 38 seconds left to go <clears throat> or whatever you're like that's too much time I know they're going to score that is too much time y- you've seen this year specifically I think like two or three teams that have beaten the Chiefs this year towards the end when they won towards the end of the game they they won the game by draining the clock by not giving the yes. homes an opportunity that's how you beat them you, you like you have to grind it out you can't there's dude, there's you can't outshoot them. You you can't do that, and that's what they tried to do. They tried to swing for the fences. They they should have just five yard pass to Davis, five yard pass to Diggs, a run up the middle, and kick a, a field goal. You you have to win. It's it, points are obviously still king because you have to have more points to to win an NFL game. I don't know if you knew that. Obviously the Bills didn't, but it's almost like time is more valuable than than points. It's just, th- and even and the thirteen it, seconds, you're like that is too much time. I was actually surprised they didn't score a touchdown. Like I would have figured, like, oh, 13 seconds. Yeah, they're probably going to score a touchdown. You know, let alone you know get a field goal. And then and, and another, another 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 yeah. another time where you know it's a certain outcome is when the Chiefs won that coin flip. Game over. 100 percent. Game over. Either way, that was that that decided the game. But here's the thing:
1: with, with the 13 seconds left, I mean, what are we doing defensively? You know what I mean? Like, like I understand you. We're, we need to protect the sidelines, but man, does that mean you leave someone streaking down the middle of the field wide open? Oh, Is that the God. trade-off you pick? Oh, and, and not to mention it was 13 seconds, but I was saying, as the broadcast was happening live, I was, I was sitting watching it with my family. I'm like, first of all, why are they not squib kicking this? If you squib kick it at a minimum two seconds have to come off the clock. And, and at best five seconds come off the clock if they don't fair catch it. So I thought that was a special teams mistake in terms of actually just bombing it deep and letting them take no time off, but man, what an embarrassing performance for the number one defense in the league, man! Like I know it's Mahomes, but that game plan in the last 13 seconds, Bills fans are gonna be talking about that for a long time.
0: And this is another. This is a kind of a separate point. I don't know why, like we we kick the ball off. Why do we kick it through the back of the end zone? Why don't you just try to? Like you're practicing kickoffs at practice. Why wouldn't you practice just kicking that motherfucker as high as you can in the sky where it's going to land within the 15 to five yard line and make them return it from a disadvantageous position? And then if it goes, if it, if that eventually leads it to bounce out of the back of the end zone, then it is what it is. It's no worse than kicking it through. Uh, but oh, dude, just, I
1: mean, just. If you squib kick it and you get a half-decent bounce, which is not out of the question. We've seen some wild kick returns in, in the playoffs for in, in the NFL. So it's not out of the question to see the football take a, a weird bounce and hit someone, and suddenly there's a scramble for it. But, man, if, if if you squib it and it takes five seconds off the clock, suddenly Kansas City only has one play. And they no longer have that little cheap Tyree kill timeout play. Suddenly you have one shot to get into field goal range, and that changes the game completely. I just – I really hated how they dialed up everything in both defensively, and in terms of special teams.
0: Oh, dude! What? Well, they only blitzed like three or four, and what is it? They they had man-to-man coverage with uh, Travis Kelsey. The corners on the outside, softest coverage of all time, and then he decides that what is that? A post where you cut cut to the inside. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he moves in on a post. Easiest catch he'll ever make. The dude's like five yards to the outside thinking, well, these guys don't have a timeout. Like they had to have a timeout. They can use the middle of the field. Like, yeah ah, now they're going to try to go out of bounds. Just cuts to the inside wide open by nine yards. And it, I, I felt so bad for
1: Josh Allen, man. Like I wanted him to win that. Like, I don't mind, I don't mind my Like he, he's all right. I kind of like Andy Reid, but man, I felt so bad for, for Josh Allen. That dude deserved that game. That dude played his damn heart and soul out. He's running QB draw hell of a lot better than Dak Prescott, if I say so myself. He was running QB draw, man. Throw Just that frozen rope he threw down the field for the touchdown to, to uh, what's his face, the, the dude for touchdown receptions. I mean, just Mahomes, Allen was locked in just as much as Mahomes. I don't care what anyone says. I know Pat gets praised for that game, but man, Allen went toe to toe with him. And it feels like that type of thing we're going to see for, we might see that game, maybe not that good, but some iteration of that game every year for the next eight, ten years.
0: Yeah, but that, that game is such a black pill for me if I'm a Bills fan because it's like so we can't beat them, so we cannot beat them. If you can't beat them, if you can't beat them with that type of performance, and I understand the defense play, played like shit, but the offense played really awesome, and you were in, you were the- for as bad as the defense played, you were in position to clearly win oh, that 100%. game. Like, so we can't beat them. Uh, the do, what do is, we do?
1: And the thing is, I know it was a bad defensive performance, but it's going to be hard to build a defense better than that. You know what I mean? Like, if you've got that many talented players on the defensive side of the ball and you still get gashed for 42, imagine if you have less good defensive players on that side of the ball. Maybe suddenly it's a 50-point game. You know what I mean? So it felt like Buffalo had it was it was in really nice position to win this game long before the 13 seconds shit happened. They were in position to win this game for a long time and to not get the job done that man, that hurts.
0: Just absolutely garbage. Um, Let's move on to the, uh, the NFC divisional uh, another, uh, well, I guess the first NFC divisional uh, game Uh, totally butchered that transition there, but the, uh, the Rams and the Buccaneers Rams winning 30 to 27. What did you think about the uh, almost massive comeback from the, uh, the Buccaneers did, you know, derailed by one play. I saw,
1: I saw people giving Tom Brady a lot of credit for that comeback. I'm like, was anybody watching this? Like they were getting the ball at the 30 yard line. It it, it, it didn't exactly take a superhero to get back into that game. I mean, if you want to talk about self-inflicted wounds, my God, what did, I think the Rams fumbled five times that game. Like, I mean, just a, a complete meltdown. And here's the one thing that I took away from it, man, Matt's that's a moment of Matt Stafford's career. I mean, that is, that is his absolute pinnacle. Obviously we know he's been wasting away in Detroit for a long time, but man, when the game was on the line, it was tied. They could have, they could have took a knee. They could have handed it off twice and prayed that Cam Akers wouldn't fumble, which was no certainty, but they could have taken a knee and went to overtime. Instead, Matt Stafford unleashes like a 60 yard frozen rope down the field, to Cooper cup and, and wins the football game awful Absolutely. coverage by Antoine Winfield, bad coverage, great throw. I mean, it, it takes a lot of balls to step up and do that in the playoffs, especially if you haven't been there and done it before. So I give a lot of credit to Matt Stafford who played one
0: hell of a football game. Yeah. We talked about the inconsistency for the Rams throughout the entire season. And we almost yeah. saw it in, in the, the, the span of one game. And, Honestly, if, if the, if the Buccaneers turned it on, like they turned it on at the end, uh, you know, a few minutes before they probably win by 10. Like, it was crazy. Like, because you're like, <clears throat> this, this game is really out of hand, but Tom Brady's known for comebacks and they'd get the ball late in the third, they'd get the ball early in the fourth a couple of times and they'd stall out. And you're like, boy, they're really like, there was nine minutes to do this. Now there's six minutes to do it where you're like, Oh, we're really getting down to the crunch time. And they, almost pulled it out but they just they fucked around a little bit a little bit too yeah. much and yeah i, I agree that look de- at it. the the defense jpp was, was the mvp of that game in my mind i i actually kind of look at it the other way like yeah the tampa offense kind of fucked around
1: and like they finally turned it on at some point but man that was as self-destructive as i've ever seen a team get in in, in like 17 minutes of football like give credit to Tampa for eventually taking advantage of it. I mean, obviously they'll lose the game and, and they didn't take enough advantage, but man, if, if the Rams don't like just light themselves on fire, they win that game by 28. I mean, the, the four fumbles turns into what four touchdowns, three touchdowns. I, I give Tampa credit, like I said, for, for fighting back into that game, but man, all the Rams have to do is not fumble the ball five times and they win by literally 30.
0: It's, it's literally the Atlanta game. Like where yeah. you're just watching a team. I, th- I think, uh, what was it? Al Michaels or whoever was on the call. Impossible. It, he, he put it the best way anybody could. He said they self-immolated. And I was like, God damn, that's such a fucking <laughs> great way to put it. They literally did. And it's like, just, just one play. Just stop the momentum. Just stop the bleeding on one. on on one outcome. And I think if that game goes to overtime, the Buccaneers clearly win that that game. Oh, yeah. No matter who gets the ball first.
1: Like I said, man, just a lot of credit to Matt Stafford. And also, like, I I just – it's kind of wild to see the Rams go from 27 to 3 and and being in complete control. I mean, they looked like the best team in football for, for like, 35 minutes of that ball game in terms of game time. And to watch them unravel – in like eight minutes was unbelievable, but it was fun to watch. Like it was actually kind of funny when it wasn't happening to green Bay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, Okay. So uh, the last uh, divisional game here, we had the uh, Bengals winning uh, 19 to 16 over the Titans. Another uh, kind of collapse there from, from the Bengals. Uh, Should have put that game away. I think the Titans would have won that game if they didn't throw that, fucking terrible interception right, was at, was right at the cooked, end dude. oh dude the first play of the game they go play action throws it right to the defender hits him in the chest
1: i, I it, hell green Bay to make a call to tennessee man like if they have a quarterback that's even halfway competent tennessee wins that game no question about it
0: yeah, and jake and- locker they win that game
1: and Tannehill just, like you said, self-immolate, man. And changes it was tough to watch. Kind of felt bad for Tennessee, but man, credit to Joey Burrow. Wouldn't he get sacked nine times?
0: Oh, dude, it was the it was the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, except Joe, Joe won that game. The, like they literally that.
1: I don't know how much like you probably watched the whole game, but for anyone that didn't watch it, that Titans D line was eating the Bengals alive oh dude they're so good immediately after the ball is snapped the line of scrimmage is three yards back like they were just getting pushed off of every position the pass rushers were getting home and joe burrow found a way to win that game which give credit to that guy
0: oh dude there were several plays and i've seen this with the vikings the last couple of years where the defensive line got to the quarterback so fast it they got to the quarterback as quick as if there wasn't even anybody in the way, literally just running oh, yeah. the, the few yards it is to get to him. Dude, there was one, whoever the bum of a right tackle was for them where, where uh, the defensive end comes in and, and the right tackle goes to the outside and he just goes unabated to the fucking quarterback. And, and oh, yeah. him. yeah, like didn't even like, he thought he had help on the inside. Nope. Didn't have help at all. was a one-on-one <laughs> just fucking skated by, Oh, Isaiah Prince or whatever. Dude, and uh, I, I guess now that we've talked about all the teams, like, I don't really feel great about any of these teams outside of the Chiefs winning. And, like, dude, I think Cincinnati is going to get smoked if their offensive line plays like that. Like, that, that's the thing that's not replicable. Like, that was an awesome performance, and they pulled it out. But that, you cannot do that in two playoff games and, and win. Like, they will get absolutely fucked.
1: And the thing is, yeah, you can get away with it when, when Tennessee scores 16 points and their quarterback is largely garbage the entire game. How is that going to work when you do it against Patrick Mahomes? You're going to lose that game by 28 points. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. I think the Chiefs-Bills, I literally think that was the Super Bowl. Those are the two best teams, bar none for me. And, and now that Kansas City's made it out of there, I, I don't see how they don't win another title. I, I really don't. I mean... Obviously, the Rams have a nice defensive line, so does San Francisco, but I think the Rams are the only team that could make that a game. I really do. With everyone left,
0: that's the only team I could see,
1: like, eh, maybe they have a chance to beat Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I, I think the AFC Championship game is the Super Bowl, but only only because of the, the Chiefs, because they're going to win, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. If it's the Bengals and the Rams, I, I, like, I like the Rams, but uh, I, I think oh, the Chiefs yeah, – I think the Chiefs absolutely Uh, boat race him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's, I just don't see a way
1: Kansas City doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. And I think they're better than both teams of the NFC. So I, I mean, is it going to be fun to watch Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase? Maybe like they could break that Bills record from from Sunday. They really could. Four touchdowns in the game, dude. Jamar Chase could totally do that and still lose by four touchdowns and still lose by multiple. (laughs) Imagine that. He scores five touchdowns. Like, wow, man tell them we would have scored five touchdowns and and they still lose by 14. Yeah. uh,
0: That's the UWRF formula. Yeah. That's the patented, patented uh, coach Walker, but uh, yeah. And, and uh, I, I like the chiefs no matter what the NFC championship game is going to be interesting just because that's part three for both of those teams. And yeah, I, I, I really don't like the 49ers chance, but Man is their defense good. Like anything anything is possible. Like you'll have to get minimal effort from the offense to be in the game because the defense is going to do so well. But it's like, ah, Debo's kind of hurt and they the Packers kind of shut him down when you look at the numbers. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I said this for the the Packers game, even. I'm not convinced that if we started Trey Lance. Uh, that the Niners wouldn't do better. I'm not convinced that if they ran the Wildcat, they wouldn't have more success offensively. When you have, like, 180 yards of total offense uh, in a fucking divisional game, like, I'm not no, convinced man. that I'm not convinced that running a fucking – the T formation wouldn't have more <laughs> success.
1: Or breaking up the high school wishbone offense. I mean, they could do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I have to. The, I just – like you said, I – could it really be that much worse with Trey Lance? And if it is, what a disaster. You know what I mean? Like if he's that much worse than Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo is already terrible. If Trey Lance is way worse than that, San Francisco has a big problem on their hands.
0: Dude, it's like you're, it's like you're playing uh, doubles tennis and, and your partner, when the ball gets served to him, just grabs it with his, his hand out of midair and throws it off the court. Like That's what it's like playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like You're playing yeah. with someone who's actively trying to hurt you. He's actively trying to lose. Although I love, I love that he daggered Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau and then in the, in, the, in the post-game thing was like, fuck the Packers. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. I mean,
1: I would have said the same thing about the 49ers if we won that game, so I, I can't really blame him for that.
0: I thought Robbie Gold should have. It wouldn't really be true, but it would have been hilarious if he kicks that game-winning field goal and just goes, I own you. would have been funny long time bear yeah yeah well that's why i said yeah no that's what i'm
1: saying i mean just i don't know i don't think san francisco has a chance but man if that d-line does what they did you never know they you know they get a defensive touchdown or something they go up let's say they already had a field goal
0: lead suddenly they're up 10 like there are scenarios in which they win but man i gotta go with the rams I think the highest percentage scenario they win is if they start uh, Eric Armstead at quarterback and just run for two and a half yards every single play, go on a fucking 19 minute drive and just win that game like 12 to seven. Like they played it in the thirties, get the yeah, old exactly. leather helmets out. How oh, football. Oh God intended football to be played. He's hey. going to be, he's going to be channeling red Grange. Oh Jesus. They need Gail Sayers back there.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I mean, like, what, so we. I mean, what's? Are do you want to do official picks real quick for the championship games or what?
0: Yeah, we, yeah, we can breeze through that. I think I'm uh about at the uh, end of my uh, playoff uh, yeah. uh extent here, but yeah, we can quickly do picks. Uh, so let's. I guess let's start with the AFC Championship game. I'm gonna go really high scoring, especially because I think the Bengals' offense they're going to be pretty hindered, but I think they still will score points somehow. Um, I'm going to say the Chiefs win 42 to
1: 24. Okay. So we're kind of in the same ballpark. I've got Chiefs 38, 28. I think it will be a high scoring game. A lot of points scored, but man, Chiefs, I think they get this done with, without too much pressure.
0: Fair enough. Uh, and then the Rams and the Niners. Uh, I'm interested to see what you have to say about that one. I'll let you go first on on, on that uh, NFC Championship game.
1: Man, what Matt Stafford are we going to get? That's going to be my question. I know he's been really good the last couple of games, but he has been absolutely riding the roller coaster this season with pick sixes and fumbles and just issues all around. But if we get a good Matt Stafford game, that Rams defensive line can get after it as good as anyone, especially with Aaron Donald. I'm going to go Rams. I don't think it'll be high scoring. I think both defenses are going to come to play. I'm going to go like, man, I'm going to go Rams like 17 to 10. Yeah, that's pretty
0: appropriate. I just, I don't think the offenses are going to be able to move on each other. I really want to go Rams 11 to five. I I feel like that would be an appropriate score. Rams eight to do eight to two in a close
1: ball game yeah eight to four carry is going to be on the call for that oh god
0: um i'll go 13 to 7 oh A real gross game real gross god, game god that's that's grimy yeah that's and, and, and rams rams winning of course i figured
1: all right anything else just to wrap it up i don't no i don't I,
0: know. I think that pretty much covers it unless you want to talk about uh how uh, Aunt edwards is uh, the next coming of jesus christ hey i say hey, i said it in the
1: pregame over or under five and a half titles in the next 10 years for the wolves it's it's like apple stock you gotta buy low now you got i think you gotta hammer it
0: i think you gotta hammer the over on that it's at I mean, least seven titles i mean what he's 20 he's probably gonna play for another 25 years i mean that's that's putting it pretty low that he's only gonna win five and a half or over or under at five and a half well, we know, we know how much of
1: a storied, you know, winning tradition Minnesota has in terms of basketball.
0: A lot I of mean, titles. That's, that's undeniable at the collegiate level and the professional level. Plus, we know how easy it is to get your number retired at Target Center. Well, I don't want to get into it, but, yeah, I mean, there's something you could do to get, to get your number up there. Uh, Are they ever going to retire KG's number?
1: Probably not. Probably not. shame. <laughs> I don't think here's, so. here's a question. If cat, if cat keeps on this trajectory, do they re, do they retire his 32? Probably it's pretty lonely up there. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like what, like what, what is the,
0: are they going to retire big Al Jefferson? Like, like Oh my what? God. You know, you know, who's probably that like was 18 and 10 every night. You know, who has a scary chance of getting his number retired if you really like think about it. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Rubio. He has a scary oh. high percentage. For, for like, relative to what he's done, he has a scary high percentage to get his number retired. I'm not saying that he's going to get it retired. I'm just saying, like, for a guy who didn't really do, like, anything crazy. Oh, yeah. I bet you he has a pretty high. Like, the the Timberwolves are in no position to deny anybody getting their number up there. You would want to fill that fucker up. Oh, yeah. I'd put Peck's number up there. No, not Peck, man. (laughs) I would put Peck up there. Can we get Martell
1: Webster's number hoisted to the rafters? Yeah, we could if we knew what number he wore. Corey Brewer, maybe. And There's just so many. <laughs> every, oh. every journeyman player, if you look at their basketball reference, has at least one year with the Timberwolves. Let's put Hour's
0: number up there. Not Luke. No. And no. Berea. And J.J. Berea. <laughs> J.J. Berea. Love? Yeah, well, I mean, why not? I think they will retire
1: Cat. I really do.
0: Probably, if he retired right now, I bet you they'd retire his number. I bet you he's done enough currently to get his number retired.
1: Now we're off on a tangent. I, I'm out of takes. I'm out of takes for now. If you are, we gonna run this show back after, or after the championship games, like before the Super Bowl? Probably. I hope so. I have a Down. lot to talk about. I'm in. What if we just get, dude? What if we get like. What if we get Bengals 49ers or something? Oh my god. I might I might actually not the Super Bowl. Well, luckily Aaron won't have to. He's gonna be watching it from his his beach home in California.
0: Yeah, people really like saying he's not in the Super Bowl. Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it's gonna be a, a total shit show if that's the the case. You got a terrible halftime show, it's gonna be in a terrible state. It's not a – Not a good time. Not a good time. Well, way to end it on a couple of positive notes. Yeah, there you go. I mean, unless you got any, like, Minnesota Wild takes, any uh, MN United takes, any any Minnesota Swarm takes.
1: My last take is that the Minnesota Wild need a new social media manager. Well, that's a fucking given. That's a layup. That's a – that's a Kirk Cousins dump down pass in the right that down competition. Yikers.
0: I'm out of takes. Well, I'm out of takes as well. So I appreciate the uh the two hours. The two hours you have given the uh the program. Uh it's good that we did shows uh in almost back to back weeks. Uh so yeah, we'll have to do this more often. Uh I would I would say a little shorter, but it's never it's never a little shorter. It's always it's always – uh, we say we this every time, though.
1: We can break it up. Just split it up into sections. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, so uh, with that, you got to follow Reagan on uh, Twitter at uh, SportsFanHoov. Uh, not, not a very good follow, but, you know, just boost his numbers. Weak at best. We know a journalist is solely defined by the number of Twitter followers they have. That's not, true. Not their merit, so we need Reagan to get his up a little bit if you like Prescott sports. That's right. Follow the work account, man. Which, who doesn't? What, what, what's their mascot? Prescott Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah, I didn't know that. Everything's so generic. Prescott
1: Cardinals, River Falls Wildcats. It's all pretty standard high school, you know,
0: mascots. River Falls Falcons. That's Right. Should be the Hornets. That would be a hell of a color scheme. That actually would be kind of sick. Let's just do what high school teams do, where we just take the Charlotte Hornets logo and just invert the colors, and that's the that's the logo for the uh, the Falcons. Hey, my high school is the St. Croix Falls Saints. It's literally the New Orleans logo, except it's blue and white. There you go. That's You're not going to get in trouble for that. It is what it is. All right, follow it at sports
1: fan who I
0: give you a lot of Packer takes, hundred percent. Follow me. Well, you're already following me. That's a given. But in case you aren't there, start a new uh, burner Twitter account. You got to follow me at Owen Ely M N, the uh, North Star Sports account at uh, NSS underscore MN. Could follow uh, the mailman. I think at the Bullman sixty nine. I think we changed. That. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's what that is. Um, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. Check out the website, NorthstarSports.media or OwenEaly.com. I have two domains. They both go to the same place. We got uh, – well, actually, we don't, but by the time you're listening to this, we will have updated UFC rankings. We will have the 270 recap and whatever the fuck's next week. We'll have a preview for that. So a lot of fun stuff, but thanks for tuning in, everybody.